Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Dino Watt. Dino is the founder and CEO of R Ripple Effect and one of the most exciting business relationship trainers in the world. He is an award-winning mentor and author. He has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, and TEDx. He is a high-performance practice advisor, and Dino has frequently been referred to as the Tony Robbins of private practices. And we're going to try to pull as much information out of Dino today on the type of work he does with private practices in the medical and dental space, but try to pull that into how to build amazing and winning cultures for digital agencies. Dino, welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. Every time somebody says that line about the Tony Robbins thing, I feel like I need to stand up and have everybody be jumping up or watch me walking on fire across the screen or something like that. But I have not figured out how to reproduce the walking on fire for our <laughs> podcast, but uh, I will put that to do back on my list, man. So it's, it's great to have you here. So what, you. What, I know one of the things that you focus a lot of energy on is helping, you know, private practices or small businesses, right? Service businesses to focus on culture and team can you tell me a little bit about why you got into that in the first place? Like what got you to make that your, your mission? Yeah, I think uh, the nucleus of any culture is relationships and the relationship starting with you first. And so when I first got into this business, I started helping people kind of get in touch with their relationship with them, them and, uh, you know, own their stuff, be better as a spouse or a parent or a person. And then that translated into, their relationship inside of if they're married and their marriage or their partnership. And I just truly believe that when you are better there, you're better as a business owner, as a boss, as a somebody who provides a service. And I started to notice that although culture is talked about quite a bit in our industry, as a matter of fact, I, I feel like over the last decade, it's kind of been a buzzword that no one really talks about, all right, how do I specifically create a culture? And what is that supposed to look like? How do I create a Disney-like culture? How do I create an Apple-like culture? So I started studying a lot of different companies, a lot of different methods, and I was able to see that it really comes down to three main things. And if people could get that in their business, they will make the money they want to make. They will attract the employees that they want to attract. They will attract the right clients that they want to work with. Uh, so that's how it came about. And I definitely want to talk about those three main things uh, today, and we'll we'll get into that. But I do want to come back to you mentioned that you focus on the relationship with them. So, yep. and, and and maybe I'm not. You kind of like touched on a little bit, like my relationship with my spouse or my relationship with my kids. Is, is that all you're saying there? Or is it like the relationship with themselves? I mean, is this kind of like a meta idea here? 
So both, right? So first you got that relationship with yourself because you, are you truly walking in integrity? Are you being responsible with all of the the micro responsibilities in your life, whether that be showing up on time to the thing you say you're going to show up to or taking responsibility for, uh, you know, how your team is showing up or not showing up, how your leadership is uh, going. So that's the first one about yourself, right? You got to be clear with yourself. You got to be working in your own integrity. And then from there, it goes to your spouse. If you are married, I used to talk about this quite a bit, probably not as much anymore, but you know, we only have so much bandwidth in our brains. There's a reason why people have burnout and overwhelmed. There's a reason why people why people self-medicate uh, when they're feeling overwhelmed and, and, and burned out and frustrated. And so because of that, we need to look at how is the bandwidth in our life actually working and what are we doing with it? If I am struggling in my marriage, if I have a challenge with my wife, let's say I had a fight with her this morning and then I go to work it is ridiculous to think that I am not bringing that in some way in my bandwidth, that it's not filling up my bandwidth. I mean, we can go super deep with this, but I even talk about, you know, your uh, romantic or your, your physical relationship with your spouse and how that messes you up as a leader if you're not actually dealing with it. And, have, and so the stronger you have of that, the more you don't have to worry about that, the better leader you can be. It reminds me. So when I I, uh, I went through a business accelerator through uh, EO Entrepreneur Organization many yep. many years I... ago, and and eventually joined EO. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things about Forum is kind of that you know the work life conversation. And what always has blown me away about being a part of EO is that people spend most of their time talking about the the life part, you know, what's going on in their family. And, and I personally, I had always tried to compartmentalize. I had tried to like say like, oh no, what goes on in my personal life has no impact whatsoever on my business. Of course, now 22 years into being an entrepreneur, I know that that's the biggest lie that you can tell yourself. Right. right? Like it has sad, everything right? to do, like what you do off the field uh, has everything to do with what happens on the field. But but I still hear a lot about people that try to compartmentalize what's going on in their personal life and that they, I mean, is there, is there a a time where, you know, maybe somebody being a mess off the field or in their personal life can help motivate or, or drive success? Or is it always like going to lead to some kind of burnout? Yeah. I've never really run into somebody who was truly, even if they're successful in their business or they're successful in the sense of making money and growing their business, that, is truly uh, happy in that if they aren't happy at home. Well, the first type of clients I started to work with were, were speakers and authors and what I called higher-end entrepreneurs. And you know, you'd have this, this scenario where they'd go out on stage and they would speak and people would be like, oh my gosh, they're amazing, they're awesome. And they could do anything. And they're kind of like that celebrity. Then they come home and if they don't have that relationship with their spouse and their spouse is like, Hey, go take out the trash. Like you're just my husband, right. Or here's my wife. Like there's this letdown and this, this, this bummer feeling. And so even if there's that success there, I mean, look, we could go through how many stories that you hear of people who are supposedly successful in their business and then, Oh, they're getting divorced or, Oh, that, you know, this person had the affair or whatever. They lost everything in the divorce. To me, that's the foundation. Uh, I just believe that and I believe this deep in my soul that you know, when I die and I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be looking up at a, a pair of eyes and hopefully a, a couple of pairs of eyes, my kids, my friends, that's what's going to matter most, not the deal that I just struck or how many, you know, how many clients I, I served. 
And so if I don't have that correct first, if I don't have that inflow first, because I don't believe in work-life balance, I believe in work-life flow, then what's what's the use of the other? And I think we all know that deep down. We all know that the, the meaning of what I do is incredibly enhanced when I have meaning in who I am and who I get to share that with. So I think it's, I think something that's hard because this comes up in the work we do here, you gurus around coaching agency owners on business is that, you know, sometimes people come to you and they're like, I want the tactic to grow my business. I want the strategy to grow my business. Right. And, and maybe it's clear that they do have, you know, maybe they are showing up late or how they're showing up on a Zoom call or how they're yep. showing up in a community environment or how they show up on social media, right? You're like, you're like, man, I would send you a referral, but you're a train wreck on Facebook, right? Like, That's right. You know? And so how do you, how, because this is something that I've struggled with, right? How do you transition a conversation where somebody is coming to you for issues around their business, right? They want to grow. They want more leads. They want more more clients. They want to grow revenue. They want to achieve freedom in their business, right? But if you identify that, hey, this is really a personal problem, you know, and, and I, per, I mean, I'll just admit, I've kind of a little bit been like hands off in that environment. It sounds like you go all in on the off the field stuff first. So how do you make that? How do you have that conversation with people where you realize like until they level up off the field, until they start taking care of themselves, like the business is never going to be successful? Well, first I, I talk directly about it, right? I'm like, okay, so how are you doing personally? Like what's going on over there? And people will kind of be a little like, well, it's fine. I mean, I haven't, you know, my wife and I are fine. I'll go there. I'll talk about it. But really I actually get deeper into the why. Like you just said, oh, we want to have more clients. Do you? Like, why do you want more clients? What's the purpose of having more clients? Oh, so I can make more money. Why do you want to make more money? Oh, so I can pay my bills. Okay, why do you want to pay your bills? Like when you keep going deeper into the why, I believe there's seven layers to any question that opens up the subconscious. And once you get into the subconscious, then you can actually really know what's going on. And most people, like I I would say everybody, it comes down to very few things that they want in life and why. You know, and so it comes down to typically for your average person, it's going to be because I want to have that security with my wife or my spouse, uh, with my partner, that I can uh, afford the things that I want to afford that will help us live in more comfort uh, so that I can uh, give my kids the things that I never had. Like those are the reasons why people actually want more clients. You don't want more clients. Most people don't want more headaches. They want the thing that the more clients can give them and what it can do for them. And so we want to find out why. When we find out why, then we like, oh, okay. So really your goal here is to, I'm just going to make it up. Your goal here is to spend more time with your spouse and build up that relationship. And yet how you're accomplishing that right now is you're spending more time at work. And so your wife is upset that you're spending more time at work, but really, you know, you're trying to do that. You're getting more clients so you can spend more time with her. And it's this vicious cycle. Well, instead, let's focus on this. Let's talk about this. Uh, I'll give you an example of the, the life balance you're talking about. I don't believe in work-life balance because it's an insanely impossible to do. What I believe in is flow. When you're looking at flow, you can go to your wife or your, I'm going to use wife because I'm married. So I'm going to always default to that. So whatever it is for you, if it's a partner or uh, if, you, if you're uh, in, a, in any type of relationship, then you go with that. But let's just say, you know, you can go to your spouse and or in your kids and say, hey, listen, 
for the next five years, that's the goal I'd give myself to build this business up to where I can spend more time with you. I'm not going to be home as often as maybe your friend's parents are. Or, But when I am home, I'm going to be focused with you. But I might not be at every baseball game. I might not be at everything. This time is when I'm doing this. But I'm talking to them as, and I'm respecting them for what's going to happen in my life right now so everybody's on board. And I'm enrolling them into this idea as opposed to just expecting them to understand. Why don't they get it? How come I have to have this argument? I'm doing this for them is what most people come to. So uh, I, I do. I go with, I, I, I think we, we solve that problem. We solve a lot more problems. When I talk about team transformation, that's what I tell the teams. I'm like, I have no interest in making better employees. Like how, what a boring job that would be. I want you to enhance your life outside. I want you to make more money. I want you to have a better relationship with your spouse or your kids or your parents or your friends. And when you do that, when I can show you how to enhance your life out here, you're automatically going to bring it into the office and you're going to want to do more things to enhance that. And you're going to have more peace and happiness in your life. So that's a long answer to your short question, but. Hey, what's up, agency owners? Quick question for you. Could your client retention rate be better? Most small businesses are terrible at closing leads, so it's pretty common to churn lead gen clients quickly. But I've been really impressed with a new all-in-one marketing platform that actually closes leads without clients having to get involved. The platform, which is called High Level, is built specifically for agencies, and the best part is you can white-label it so you can present it to your clients as your own software and collect that sticky software revenue in addition to your services charges each month. High Level normally has a 14-day free trial, but as a member of the YouGurus community, you have access to an extended 30-day trial, which you can access at gohighlevel.com forward slash YouGurus. That's gohighlevel.com forward slash U-G-U-R-U-S. All right, let's get back to the program. So when you get into, you mentioned these these three main things around transforming culture, and I definitely yeah. want to make sure I don't let you off the hook and leave the podcast without <laughs> without teaching us these three things, because I'm sure there are people that are uh, listening right now that are like, wait a minute, they mentioned those three things earlier. So I, I'd love to come back to that. So when we think about uh, team culture, and and I think I think from my own perspective, when I think about culture and the benefit, and I think you're totally right. There's there it's a there's it's a buzzword, right? Like everybody wants culture, right? Like, oh, Zappos, you know, dude wrote a book, right? On, yeah, on right. having this amazing culture, right? We all need culture. When I think of culture, I think of, you know, employee retention, right? Not having people leaving all the time. I've definitely coached and consulted with businesses where they don't have a great culture and they're churning employees like crazy. And it's actually a really big problem in the agency market that there's high turnover, uh, which is, which is definitely a culture problem, but also like the results that companies are able to get their clients and the freedom that they can let team members operate with their clients. I know a lot of agency owners feel uncomfortable having team members go off and have conversations with clients without them being present. Right. I mean, I know sure. it's usually more, more yeah. on the smaller side of the agency, but like, Oh man, I'm going to have my team, you know, talk, right. What if they say something that I don't want them to say. Right. Um, but there's, there's a lot of that kind of, uh, fear. And yeah. I think that culture, having a better culture can help to overcome that kind of stuff. So what are those, those three things that you help people with around team transformation and culture? So to your point, right? Like when it comes to uh, retention, when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to, uh, and that's employee side, but it's also the same thing on the client side. Uh, When you have a very specific designed culture, 
then you actually overcome a lot of those challenges. I want to back up real fast, though, because what you were talking about there just a moment ago is what I I call a, a culture of disdain. There are three types of culture that people typically have, disdain, default, and design. And disdain is where it is really controlled by the highest energy in the office, right? Uh, Tony Shea, you mentioned him with Zappos. Like I, I really like what he did with Zappos and, and the culture he created there. It's amazing. And yet, here we talk, what we were talking about just two minutes ago, right? Him as a person had a lot of emotional challenges and, and unfortunately it led to his death, right? So there are a lot of challenges with that. So that just kind of puts that over there when it comes to who you are as the leader of your culture. But when it comes to culture, there are three things that will magnify your culture and they're going to sound very simple on the surface, but there's a deeper part to it. And I'll try to touch on all three of those. Number one is having a relatable and retellable vision. Most people talk about vision as like, oh, yeah, 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 I know what I want. Okay, no, no, no. Like a vision that is, look, we look at Walt Disney has one of the most amazing cultures out there, love it or, or not, the happiest place on earth. Like that's pretty relatable and retellable. Hey guys, I want to create the happiest place on earth. What everything we do is around creating the happiest place on earth. So that's relatable, retellable. You know, I, I go all the way back to Moses with the promised land, right? Let's go to the promised land. The promised land is a relatable, retellable vision. So that vision has to give people an idea of where are we going? Nobody wants to follow anyone who doesn't know where they're going. The second part of that uh, uh, equation is expectations and or what you would call core values. A lot of companies call them core values, but not core values that are most people have generic core values. Oh, honesty, integrity, fun. Like, geez, what's the alternative? That's the cost of doing business. That's not a core value. I didn't go to my wife when I asked her to marry me and say, hey, by the way, I'll be honest too. Like that was in the assumption that when I got I gave her the ring, I was going to be honest with her the rest of my life. So we got to up-level those core values and actually make them real. And as you're to your point, if someone, I would say this to my, doc, to my doctors, my clients, that if you have, and in your situation that you said about the, the agencies, right? If you have a team member that's meeting with someone else, if they are following your vision and adhering to your core values because they're that specific, they're that higher and fire list, they're that, this is how we do things, then you should be comfortable with that because you hired them based on they have bought into the core values. And then the third thing is how to support. So it's report system. So you got three things. You got vision, expectation, support. Support is understanding how each person feels supported individually. We are a, uh, you know, we're collective. We really are. We work better as a collective in our agencies and our companies when we can be a collective understanding that what I do affects that person over there. So therefore I'm going to take responsibility for everything. That's amazing. And as the way that I feel supported, that's an individual thing. And so we got to know how do they feel supported? You know, do you have somebody Brent in your office who feels more supported when you give them more education? Like, hey, you know, you're doing a great job. Let me give you more education. Or do you have that person in your office who feels really supported when you come along and just say, dude, you rock that today in front of everybody in the office. And all of a sudden they feel like, man, he said in front of everybody that I feel I rocked it. You have to understand what is their specific styles. None of them are wrong. It's just typically we give our support system the way that we want it. We give it out to other people the way we want, not, not going, hey, what is it exactly? How did they feel supported and how can I do that? Because what it does is it makes them feel included and it makes them feel seen. 
And there's three things every single person on this planet wants, which is that you see me, you hear me, and what I say matters. And if you can do that for each team member, you completely transform the culture. So I love those three. Relatable, retellable vision, expectations, and core values, uh, support system. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier these three types of culture. And, yeah. and I, I think this is helpful for people to identify like where they're at. Yeah. At uh, at any one time, I, I assume when I heard the third of being designed, right, that yeah. somebody is, is coming in with intentionality and yep. creating that. Can you come back to the culture of disdain? Because then you used, you know, Tony Sai as the example there. So, like, what? Yeah, Tony Shea. Like, what? So he wasn't living in a culture of disdain. I was equating to as when we get down to that relationship with ourselves. Even though he was successful as Zappos, yep. there was still that, right? And, yep. and that ultimate. But disdain is very simply when you are pointing the finger at everyone else, when you are pushing it out there, oh, you know, it's their fault. It's the economy. It's, uh, it's I can't find the right people. It's no one's doing it my way. It's being like trapped and feeling like there's nothing you can do about it. So I use the word blame as being lame right? And not lame, like, dude, you're so lame, but lame, like I can't move forward. And so a person who's in disdain, I can, I can point them out all the time. When I first meet with people, I do my, my initial call with them. I'll ask questions about the blame. By the way, this is a great thing you can do in hiring. The number one thing I look for in hiring is people who are living a life of disdain, default, or design, and just left a, a, a job where they either disdained, defaulted, or designed it. So are they blaming other people using things like you don't understand or, well, I would have if instead of owning it. And so that's, uh, you know, that's not as, as common, but it's definitely out there. The most common is the default. We're doing fine. We're making okay money. Uh, we're just the thing that is, is missing is me actually being intentional about everything, having that vision. Uh, knowing there's something better we could do, just not really taking the effort to do it. That's a default company. And then the design, as you said, is the design where it's like, we are intentional about what we're doing. We have our vision. We focus on it every day. Uh, EO is a, a very designed, you know, uh, a, a set principled way to grow a business. That's why they've done what they've done. So on the like what happens to a company with uh, like I can imagine what happens in the culture of disdain, you know, but is there, is there a shelf life to the default culture where if you're not really working and in, in building intentionality, I mean, do you just kind of, can you just continue with some kind of level money. of status quo? Okay. Yep. There's a lot of companies out there that you would look at and that the major key for a default company is when you can look at me like, and, and you know, other people are looking at you thinking you're doing okay, thinking you're successful. I was like, yeah, you know, they're making money. Uh, they go on their one to two trips a year. You know, uh, they, they have the okay house, you know, they're doing just fine. They're the middle of the road. And that's why I said, that's the majority of people. That's the majority of companies. There's nothing wrong with it. I just personally want to live in a, a, a myself with being designed about it. I have designed my company to fulfill my lifestyle the way that I want it and to be completely different than everybody else's. The thing I love most about my company is the, I call it the shock, the short syndrome. Like people are like, who is this? What is going on? Like, I love that. So I think that, I don't know if there's a shelf life. I would probably say that 
the majority of companies are in the in the default space. Design is definitely going to be. I mean, uh, sorry, D, uh, disdain is going to be one of those companies that you know you, you see them go. They're they're quick to sell. They're quick to like get out at any cost, or they just they just don't make it because no one wants to work with it ultimately. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. With When it comes to culture, I mean, when I see like the relatable, uh, retellable vision, yeah. uh, expectations, core values, support systems, I mean, I do feel like a lot of companies are, you know, whether it's reading uh, traction by entrepreneurial operating system or, Gina, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or, or following, you know, uh, um, Jim Collins books and things mm-hmm. like that and seeing like, Hey, core values. I mean, and things like that, like, I feel like a lot of companies are working with intentionality around some of this stuff, but I also feel like a lot of them still struggle with culture, right? Like, it's like, Oh, I know I need to have core values and, uh, and they put them on paper. Or, I know I have to have a vision and I, I put it on paper, right? I do see a lot of companies that struggle to translate some of this stuff into results, Yep. Right. Where where they're doing the work and they are putting the time in, they are putting intentionality into it. But how do you start to see results? Because I feel like one of the things that people maybe start to kind of pull back on is they don't see the immediate results. They don't see mm-hmm. maybe like measurable results or maybe they look at the business year over year and they've been working on these areas and they haven't yeah. seen the growth yet. Um, are there other indicators to say, hey, you're on the right track, you're doing the right things? Or how do people know when this is kind of working for them? One of the best indicators is a great question too, by the way, because one of the best indicators is when you are really focused on your vision. And, and by the way, I, I'm not a fan of the, hey, this was something we did one time at one event or a weekend. We went to a seminar and we learned how to write down our vision or put our vision board thing on the wall. No, no, no. Like literally your vision and your core values need to be posted for all the world to see, first of all, because it's a contract you make with the potential client, plus what they then hopefully will enroll themselves in with you. Uh, It is something that you review on a daily basis. Uh, Dana Dwyer from the Dwyer Group had this great thing she talked about with her that her dad started up years ago. They do that like the Roto, Mr. Rooter and Mr. Uh, Windshield and all those companies that they have baked in their franchise agreement that every franchise has to recite the core values every single day as a team. They have it baked in their franchise agreement because they understand the power of that. But here's the litmus test. This is what's going to tell everybody if you're on the right track or not, especially if you're first starting with really, really owning these. Two things will happen. Number one, you will have a group of people who will come to you and try to convince you that you don't like, they don't like this new way. Like it's too much work to recite these every single day. Like, Come on, can we like, do we really have to hire off of this? Am I really going to fire somebody based upon the core values? That person is going to come to you and try to convince you to go back to the old ways. That's the first, you're like, okay, I'm onto something here. That's what you should be thinking. Now you get to choose whether you're going to listen to them or keep moving forward. And if you have a true vision, you'll keep moving forward. And then they will leave you. They will leave you. So 
turnover, as you mentioned earlier, is one of the, those interesting things you look at. Uh, when I look at a f- company at first, it, it's a clue to being in disdain or default. If they have a high turnover rate, something's up. So I'm going to talk about that. But if they have a turnover, they need people to leave them because they are putting their foot down, line in the sand. This is our Tom's shoes. This is our you know, Mac or Apple. Like if that's what why they're leaving, because people are choosing to leave from that, great. And the second thing it will do is this. That's actually three things because the first one happens, right? But that same person is doing that. The second thing that will happen is you will then get people who will be attracted to you. I, I, I kind of think about it like uh, religion. Like everybody, one of you out there listening has, had, has somebody in your life or maybe yourself found religion. When somebody finds religion, whatever it is, Buddhism, Catholicism, whatever, and they are totally convinced, like they start attracting the right people into their life and then rejecting the other people. The other people around them will reject them if they don't want to be connected to that. Same thing in your office. So the litmus is, are people being attracted to me because of who we are, not even necessarily what we do, this is really key, who we are, and they want to be a part of that, or are they rejecting me? I have a client who had a 90% turnover in his first seven months after being in business over 12 years because he finally said, this is what we're all about. That's it. And he had his vision set, his core values, and 90% turnover. But what happened was this. Every single person that left was replaced with somebody who was the perfect fit. Now, he is thrilled. Like here is now, I want to say eight years later, and he has the office of his dreams. He's happier than he's ever been because it's feeding that soul part of who he is. Which I uh, I love that you touched on that because I feel like some of the results that people might get at first by getting real about their culture and real about their vision and being willing to maybe not compromise on certain areas is that it, it right. might actually in a way like curb some growth or feel like you're kind of putting on the brakes a bit to kind of, you know, reset. And depending on how far off your culture is, I assume that there's, you know, 97% seems pretty extreme to me, but like, but I get it. Yeah, right? but what, if you've what, got, well, because it depends on what you've been, what you've been putting up with. I like, I never go into an office after I do an observation and say, oh, this person needs to go. I will always question and say, why are you okay with that? Why are you okay with that insubordination? Why are you okay with that person coming in late? Why are you, I don't know if that person has like pictures of, of the, the owner like that he doesn't want on, on the internet, right? I don't know. I'm just there to ask questions because we totally will get the measure of success based upon what we're willing to tolerate. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's vital. It is so important uh, for people to get that. And by the way, the reason why I focus on core values is because people I really, again, I think get them misconstrued. Integrity often becomes situational integrity. If it's good for me, then yeah, I'm totally integrous, right? Core values are, I guarantee you, radical transparency. Our company is all about radical transparency. We don't, we're not about integrity. We're about radical transparency. Everybody can give you integrity. Our company isn't about... Uh, great customer service is that we are the best part of every client's day, right? So that changes things. Again, when it's about who you are, when somebody comes up and says, hey, change your, I mean, Brent, if I were to come to you today and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate that you love your, I'm assuming you're married, Brent. Uh, Yes, I am married. 
Okay. I'm, I'm assuming you love your wife and everything great. But Brent, what if I could convince you not to love your wife? Would that be okay? I mean, okay. I mean, you're open to that idea, right? <laughs> I'm, not I'm assuming not. Because it's a core value. Your love of your wife is a core value. Love of your children is a core value of who you are. Core values are not suggestions. It's about who we are. So that's what makes a difference. My wife uh, is is our marketing manager. She uh, edits the podcast or does the show notes. So she'll appreciate that uh, that that uh, that little segment, Dino. And You're I think welcome. that's a good, you know, because you hear about things like, you know, well, you need to be willing to hire a fire off of core values, right? I mean, that's something that is is pretty well out there. But I think putting it into that context of a person's personal relationship of you know, would this be okay? And then I think it becomes a much more black and white of like, oh, wow. Like that's really what it means to have a core value around something. It's not an aspirational thing. It's like, this is just yep. kind of how how you operate and how you work, which I think is super insightful. Dino, this has been awesome. I love talking about Thank culture. You. I love talking about team and how to uh, create transformation within an agency. And I think a lot of our uh, agency owners that are listening to this are hopefully soaking it up and taking lots of notes and Great. thinking about how do they start to implement uh, more culture building components within within their team. So this has been amazing. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, for sure. Bring it on. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? No success outside of the home can compensate for failure in it. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Asking a second opinion, especially for my wife. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's uh, called uh, Elevate. It is a uh, brain games uh, app that I just love to play to keep my brain sharp. And what book would you recommend and why? Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. Like. That's that. That's if you're in marketing at all. Like if you're not what, persuasion, come on. That's an influence. Both of them, Chaudini. Like they're amazing. Awesome. Well, we will link out to Elevate as well as persuasion and influence on our show notes. Check those out. Yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're out on a run or on the road or like me on your bike, you can check that out. Yougurus.com. If you're listening to this week of, you're going to see Dino's picture right up there at the top. Click on him and you'll find lots of key takeaways, resources, gold nuggets, all that good stuff. Dino, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, DinoWatt.com is my website. If you have uh, any listeners who are using the virtual medium to sell, my most recent book comes out next month called Selling Through the Screen, How to Connect, Communicate, and Close More Clients Through the, through the Screen. So, Sweet. Well, we will link out to DinoWatt.com uh, as well. And uh, depending on when this goes live, we will link out to your upcoming book. So looking awesome. forward to uh, that. It definitely sounds like it's relevant for our agency owners out there who primarily operate virtually as it is in the last year has definitely moved more people down that uh, that route. So thank yeah. you so much for for creating that project. And uh, and we'll link out to all those at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Dino, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you for having me. This has been fun.
And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale the multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.